The first reading is taken from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Down to verse 9. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone." You will tread upon the lion and on the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel is written in the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke, beginning at the first verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil then led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Lord, we pray um, simply this this morning, that you would give us such an apprehension of the Lord Jesus Christ, that our affection for him would be greater than our affection for sin. And we pray it in his name. Amen. For every look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. You may well have heard me say that before. It's one of my favorite phrases. For every look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. It was written by a man called Robert Murray McChain. He was a Scottish pastor in the 19th century. And the point is not not a call to overlook sin or to be unaware of the moral state of our hearts or our lives. Far from it, in fact. Rather, what it is, it's a reminder that we won't overcome sin. We will not grow in our Christian life by fixing our eyes only on ourselves, but rather as we fix them on our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Introspection plays a part in the Christian life and in our spiritual growth, and that's particularly true in this season of Lent. But McChain would say, I think it does not play the chief part. Uh, Rather, as the writer to the Hebrews reminds us, we perfect our faith only as we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The purpose of a season such as Lent, in which we seek out sin and which we expose it, is not so that it would fill our gaze to the exclusion of Christ, but rather that we might be able to expose our sin to the fountain of Christ's forgiving, transforming grace, to, of course, the greater enjoyment of Christ. McChain's words, I think, helpfully orientate us to this season of Lent. This season of greater introspection must also be a season of greater apprehension of the Lord Jesus Christ, all that he is for us, if it is to truly be a season of growth. Lent is a sober season, but it should not be a cold one. For a right sense of sin always stokes the fires of our wonder in Christ, the sinless one, and our joy in our salvation from sin in him. And not only I think our McChain's words are helpful reorientation to the season of Lent, I think they're a helpful Uh, reorientation to the scriptures in Luke 4. I think uh, this um, very well-known story, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, often I think we far too quickly make it a passage about ourselves, how we must fight sin, temptation, and the devil as we walk through the wilderness of this life towards the promised land of heaven. And, of course, fight we must And there are things to learn from this passage for us. But before this is a pattern for our discipleship, Luke 4 is first and foremost a portrayal of Christ's perfect discipleship on our behalf. It is given first to be something that we marvel at, a promise of victory won for us to be enjoyed. We, like Israel in the wilderness, are prone to grumble when hungry, to wander in our affections, to doubt God's goodness. But Jesus, the greater Israel, did not waver in the wilderness. 
Here then, says Luke, right at the start of his gospel, is the true and better Adam, always obedient to God's word. Here is the true and better Israel, always wholehearted in his affection for his father. Here is the true and better son of God, always sure of his identity and his security in the father's hands. He is the one who has walked the wilderness before us and walked it perfectly. He is the one who has secured a place in the eternal promised land of heaven. And he is the one who forgives sinners like us, makes us part of his family as sons and daughters of God, and secures a place in heaven for all who are part of his family by faith. We walk, then, our wilderness in his victory. We do not labor to win our own. Before we discern lessons on how to fight sin, the world, and the devil, we first delight, first and foremost, in the Lord Jesus who has gone before us and overcome sin, the world, and the devil for us. Precisely because it is as we delight in who Jesus is and what he has done for us that we are then empowered to fight sin, the world, and the devil. Here's how McChain continues. Jesus is altogether lovely, such infinite majesty and yet such meekness and grace, and all for sinners, even the chief. Live much in the smiles of God, bask in his beams, feel his all-seeing eye settled on you in love, and repose in his almighty arms. Then a little later, let your soul be filled with a heart-ravishing sense of sweetness and excellency of Christ and all that is in him. Let the Holy Spirit fill every chamber of your heart, and so there will be no room for folly or the world or Satan or the flesh. You see his point? Tony Reinke, a commentator, summarizes it like this. The excellency of Christ is both the brilliant contrast to the sin in our hearts, and the remedy to the sin that we find there. So it is insofar as we have tasted the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life, it is insofar as we have tasted the food of his forgiveness, that we are filled and therefore empowered to resist the temptation to seek life in created things. And we can respond with the truth, man does not live on bread alone because we have been filled with the bread of life. Insofar as we see Jesus succeeding in the wilderness and thereby securing his people place uh, in his eternal kingdom, well, then we will be empowered to resist temptation and to seek worldly, um, or sorry, to resist the temptation to seek worldly power through worldly ways because we're already secure members and inheritors of God's kingdom. And it is insofar as we see Christ in the wilderness display his true sonship and win the right to adopt us into his family through faith that we will be empowered to resist the temptation to doubt our identity as sons and daughters of the living God and instead be empowered to live as God's beloved children sure of his powerful protection. And so let's start this season of Lent with those words of McChain in our hearts and minds. 
For every look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. As we enter this season of perhaps greater introspection, as we seek out our sin and seek to expose it, let us above all things fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, so that our delight in him and all that he is for us might displace our affection for sin. God, give us the grace so to do. Amen.